Who knows that God wants you to say, okay, this is for you. Sacrifice. That's why he calls it a sacrifice. Sacrifice that time. Sacrifice a moment for him. So that you can be transformed as you do. As you devote yourself to him, as you you gaze upon him, he transforms you into his image. And we could all do with being transformed into his image, becoming more and more and more like Christ. Amen. The, the book of James has been considered the Proverbs of the New Testament by many scholars. And if you read through it, um, you would have to agree in many respects. Very different in proverb, the nature of the proverb uh, compared to the book of Proverbs where they're more like in a, a poetic form. But um, they do have a huge amount of wisdom for us. The book does have a huge amount of wisdom in, in short phrases for us to take from it. So... We're going to go to 1, 5 to 8. We'll just read it through together. And it says, if, if everyone there, yeah. if any of you lacks wisdom, we should ask God, who gives generous, generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. We don't want to be that man. But how many of us potentially are that man or woman? You know, how many of us doubt in what we ask for? You know, put up your hand if you've never doubted. Not one hand. Come on, surely there's one person here. Bill, you've never doubted. Have you? No, he's doubted too. You're a double-minded man, Bill. So, in a sense, it's like a slap in the face to every Christian on the planet, isn't it? The book of James, straight away, he tells us, you're a double-minded man if you doubt. And he only says it with those sort of hard words so that we can go, you know what? He's right. I shouldn't doubt. I shouldn't doubt. I should kick doubt doubt out. All right, so let's have a look at the uh, quick overview. Verse 5 is, ask God for wisdom. That's smart too, isn't it? Verse 6 is ask, but don't doubt. Verse 7 is doubters get nothing. Verse 8 is double-minded, unstable is what you become. James 1.5, and I'll just read it again just to quickly get your head around it again. If any of you lacks wisdom, any of us here lack wisdom? Yeah? Who feels some days you've got lots of wisdom and everything works out well, you say the right thing, you're interacting the correct way and everything goes beautiful and you just think, you know what, I'm on I have wisdom. And then the next day, it just all goes down and you like you, you stumble in your words and you do it all wrong and you say the wrong thing to people and everything falls apart. Who's had those days? Yeah, We need to ask God for wisdom in those days, don't we? So if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. I thought I'd put up the Amplified Version and what does that say? It says, I'll just shut this up, hold on. That'd be better. Not as much uh, background noise now. Now I sound very dry. <coughs> Shall I put on a bit of reverb? No, 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 no. It's alright. Reverb? Reverb. Just a little bit. What about if I just turn it up? Touch. How's that? Okay. If, 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 if. 
any, <laughs> if any of you is deficient in wisdom, deficient, I like that. Not lacks, deficient. Means we don't have enough. We're deficient in wisdom. Let him ask of the giving God. Let him ask of the God that gives, who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly. He doesn't want. He doesn't not want to do it. He wants to do it. All we got to do is ask him. I'll ask you this question. Every morning when you wake up, do you ask God for wisdom for that day? Is that a regular thing that comes out of your mouth in prayer? Lord, give me wisdom today. And it should be, shouldn't it? Because he's just saying ask. And I don't think ask once. You know what I mean? Like uh, a child that needs their breakfast made every morning. Does the child... Well, normally the mum make breakfast, but some, how many times will the child come out and say, Mum, could you make me breakfast? Oh, yeah, I'll do it now. You know, you have to ask. You have to ask. And just like the mother wants to give their child breakfast, so does God wants to give us wisdom. So let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault-finding. I like that. He's not a God that is going to keep on picking on you and fault-find. He's a God that wants to give you what you ask for. He wants to give you wisdom because he's thinking, okay, I know you've done wrong. You know you've done wrong in in the past. Ask me, I'm going to give you wisdom now. You can live life rightly because you asked of it. You've asked me for it. Amen? Yeah. And it will be given him. So do we take these words literally? And should we? Should we? Absolutely. We've got to be asking God for wisdom. Write it down as a little note. Every morning, ask God for wisdom. Every morning, ask God for wisdom. And actually through the day. You're about to go into a situation where you're going to meet someone or talk to someone or whatever. Just say, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Two Chronicles. Just see if you can find two Chronicles. Go back into the Old Testament. So two Chronicles 1 verse 7. And it says, That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. So give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? And God said to Solomon, Since this is your your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth and riches and honour, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge, to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you, and I will also give you wealth, riches and honour, such as no king who has before you ever had, and none after you will have. Well. So he asked, I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. <laughs> All right? But what I'm saying is he asked for wisdom and God so honoured that request that he blessed him abundantly. Now, does God bless us abundantly? Yes. You know, Some people can be in the deepest, darkest prison and be blessed abundantly by God. And the blessings are not to be counted in you know, money, monetary value. The blessings come in so many ways, don't they? And that's what we... Um, uh, that's why we want to ask God. Because Solomon... Now, what, what deceived Solomon? What um, tricked him up? Many wives. 
many wives and concubines. Women. Sorry. <laughs> That's subject we'll leave that. As far as we go, Andy. See when he gets me in trouble. And do you think the wealth could have deceived him a bit? You know, if you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, he tried everything. Do you think he woke up some days and forgot to ask for wisdom? You, you know, you can have great wisdom. Who knows you can have wisdom and wisdom can leave you? Yeah? So we've got to be careful, firstly, how many wives we take. No, that's a joke. We don't take more than one, do we, Gavin? That's enough. Two would be ahead of me. But um, Lauren's looking at me. But we're going with this, brother. All those things, like the, the things of the world, like, and, and as we pray for wisdom, we've got to stay uh, with that mindset that we want it. I think that's the most important thing. It's not we pray for it, but we've got to desire it with all our heart as well. We've got to ask him, but out of a deep desire to be wise. Who wants wisdom here? Who wants wisdom? Who wants to have that ability to discern accurately situations and how to approach every situation in the spirit of Christ? You know. So that's why Jesus says, put me on. Put me on as a cloak, you know, as a garment. Wear Jesus Christ. And we get that. And it's the equivalent of saying, give me wisdom. Because it isn't in the book of Proverbs, as, a, as he goes through and talks about wisdom, we get this sense that um, it's Jesus who he's talking about. Who knows the passage? Anyone? Not sure? All right. If you don't know it, I'm going to read it to you. Now turn to Proverbs. All right, go to chapter 8, verse 22. And verse 22, and it says, The Lord possessed me, everyone there? The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning before the world began, when there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills I was given birth, before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place. And uh, sorry, can I take you back to verse 12 so you can see this in context? Verse 12, and it says, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil, and I hate pride and arrogance. Evil behaviour and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. So he's talking about himself being wisdom. And then we go back to verse 26. I was there when he set the heavens in place. Who's he talking about? Who, who was there when he set the heavens in place? Jesus. Jesus. This is a reference to Jesus Christ right back. And it, it's, it's talking about he was given birth before anything else. And he was with the Father. And he called himself I Wisdom earlier on. And he was with Father in the beginning. when any, Before anything else was made, he was there with him. And uh, I was there when the heavens set heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so that waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. 
Listen to my instruction and be wise and do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. See, that's, that's the Christian life, guys. Waiting at his doorway, waiting at his door, waiting for, for Jesus Christ. Being patient with him, sitting in his presence, just staying in his presence. And seeking his wisdom, seeking his counsel, seeking his direction. Asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, to guide and direct you continuously. Who knows you can get pretty lax at that. Who knows you can drop off that. Who knows you can, you can let days go by, even weeks go by, and your Christianity starts to waver. And your Christianity gets weaker and weaker. But what's he calling us to do? He's saying, come, sit in my doorway, wait for me. Come into my presence. Come into my most holy place. Amen. And ask of me and I will give unto you. So blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favour from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. That's interesting, isn't it? Isn't there a, a, an element of death worship in the world today? Yeah? And it all comes from, stems from one thing. Hating God. Hating God. And the whole world is caught up in it. Hate, that they love death. There's death metal groups. They sing about death. You know, ACDC. Singing about death and hell. And saying, come with me there. You know, I'm on a highway to hell. And this is the world we live in. They're very aware, I tell you, the occult is very aware of Satan and hell. And it's funny, they're more aware of it than much of the church. How often do you hear preaching on hell? How often do you hear preaching on the devil? As a real being who's tempting and moving in people's lives, even Christians, getting involved in their lives and us letting him have his way in our life. So we've got to really you know, understand that every day we're in a battle. We're in, it's warfare out there. We've got to clothe ourselves. We don't just, we don't just you know, do it to make ourselves feel good or so we can get this next business deal all done. You know? So we, we pray before we go in, Lord, give me the ability to win this deal and all that. We do it to protect ourselves, to protect our lives in Christ, to keep ourselves from falling. Because who knows, if you fall and fall and fall, eventually can fall right out of the kingdom of God. And if anyone says that's not true, man, I know plenty of people that have, that have given up the faith. Put up your hand if you know people that have walked away from the faith. Yep. Now, when they were a Christian, could you say that they weren't saved then? No. Hey, think of it this way. You're in a boat. You're safe. You, you were drowning in the sea of sin and you got picked up, put in a boat. You're in the boat. Can you jump out of the boat? They're not going to put up, you know, razor wire to keep you in <laughs> around the boat. You're in the boat. If you choose to jump out, that's your choice. That's what Jesus says. Remain. Remain in me. And how do we remain in, in Jesus? We devote ourselves to Jesus. We devote ourselves to Jesus. You know, this means a lot to the adults here, doesn't it? The children have, are not yet uh, at that level of maturity to understand just how important Jesus is. Is that right? That's why we, we, we want our kids to really, really uh, embrace God. But sometimes you've got to go through a bit of life. 
Who knows that? You've got to let them live a little bit and let them find out for themselves that it's a wicked world out there and it's a really wicked world and the only answer in this world is Christ. Man, going through this life without Christ is... Oh, I couldn't handle it. What hope is there in anything else like atheism and, and or just agnosticism just choosing just to be ignorant of everything? Now, what hope is there in that? There's none. Only Christ. And we, that's why we've got to just keep on encouraging each other. And all the more as the, as the day approaches, we've got to keep encouraging you to stay the course, to stay clothed with Jesus Christ, to stay in prayer, to stay passionate in prayer, to stay passionate in worship. Like learn to worship during your prayer time. Learn to just raise your hands to God and worship Him. Learn to give time to God. Don't ignore God or don't put Him last in the day. Don't wake up and then do everything else through the day and then you get to the end of the day and you're lying in bed and you go, oh yeah, I haven't prayed at all, I don't think, today. And then that's it, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow morning. So the whole day became Christless. You know, Don't want to lead a Christless life. That's what a Christless life is, just not being in Christ. And so this is, this is probably the word. And wisdom is this. Is this wisdom? Is this not wisdom? To live full for Christ all the time. That's what this is all about. That's the whole reason for living. I'll tell you the truth. The reason you were born is to, to uh, get of age or, or whenever get enough maturity to make a decision for Christ. And then that's not the end of it. That's the beginning. And from that moment on, you've got to stay the course until the day of His coming or until you move on and to the day of His coming <laughs> through death. Amen. That's the reason for living. To get into Christ and stay in Christ. Not to get into Christ and then live like you've always lived and ignore Christ and call yourself a Christian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's done that? I'm saying that to stir you guys up. We don't want to be there. We want to make sure that we're living passionate lives for Christ with everything in our being. Amen? <laughs> really pour yourself out to Him. Give Him time. Like He doesn't expect you to be on your knees 12 hours a day. He's not expecting Right? Would, who would love to be able to do that? Like just to give to God, I'm going to pray for the next 12 hours. That would be awesome. Who knows this? You know, unless God's conditioned you for it and called you by the Spirit, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. But who knows that God wants you to say, okay, this is for you. Sacrifice. That's why He calls it a sacrifice. Sacrifice that time. Sacrifice a moment for Him. So that you can be transformed as you do. As you devote yourself to Him, as you, as you gaze upon Him, He transforms you into His image. And we could all do with being transformed into His image and becoming more and more and more like Christ. Amen? Okay. I think I'll leave it there today. And uh, I hope it's been a blessing to you. And Gavin, thank you so much. And I, I know they didn't ask many questions during the, the uh, discussion, but I know... Um, Afterwards, you'll have a few. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to me. I hope it hasn't been a. a no, it's good, hope it's good, been Rob. what you needed. Thank you, Andy. Very good. <laughs> All right. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time, and uh, Lord, I um, thank you for uh, firstly for for Gavin and, and his witness and him coming and speaking uh, to us today, and thank you for this short sermon that I was able to give as well, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that your um, spirit will just uh, go to work in all of us. 
Lord, we come to church to be changed. We come to church to get transformed, to get uh, stirred up in our faith, to get pushed a little bit in a sense to, um, to go for it, to really embrace the faith that we've turned to. So, Lord, I thank you for this wonderful people that are here today. And I just pray that more and more you'll um, move all of us to have a deeper um, uh, devotional life with you and, and, and Bible study life and, and just life of devotion, living for you um, with everything in our being and always putting aside time and sacrificing time so that we don't forget you through the week. So keep us strong in the faith, I pray. And um, just be with us now as we... Um, have fellowship time and I pray that uh, we have a wonderful time of fellowship and uh, and bless everyone here this week and may they have a, a wonderful week in you um, and uh, keep us all well and strong so that we can come together next week for the last service of the of the year. It may be a wonderful service, I pray. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Amen.